0: For six years. Oh, that m- must be awful. I mean, is there anything I can do? Well, I want to make a film about it. I want to make a film about... It. Feeling like I'm going to burst. All oh, right. well, you need to contact at her film project. They help fund people from sort of non-mainstream groups. Oh, don't worry, you can contact them on line, herfilmproject.com, or how about follow them on Twitter, at herfilmproject. Oh, I think I'm about to go. Oh, well, I've got to do this, I'm afraid. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Film Fandango, the film podcast which I really think no one longer listens to. But I will still carry on going Talking about films that I've seen This week, due to budgetary constraints I (laughs) have not been to the cinema But also, uh, for artistic reasons as well I've decided to watch a film on Netflix And its companion film As I thought it was so interesting But before we go into that Let's welcome back the return guests From my small circle of friends It's the popular... Simon Fielder. Oh, uh, hello. Well, welcome back. That, you, no, I, I shouldn't I, say that, should I? No, you should not Thanks say that. Thanks for having me back. Um, How you appeared on the podcast about three weeks ago. It feels like ago. it was too recently, in a way. And you know, I, I don't know if it's a sort of double-edged sword being in your tight circle of friends, isn't it? Well, you'd probably be quite surprised. Last time I got a free trip to the cinema. This time I had to spend four hours of my Sunday watching two Jim Carrey films. <laughs> But you would have watched them anyway, I think. Yeah, I would have watched at least one of them, to be fair. As a comedian, I think you definitely would have I'd already seen one of them, and the other one was on my list, so... Before we start, I mean, your life must have changed since you appeared on the podcast. How is How has it changed? Our, our listeners will probably want to know the effect of appearing on here and how it's changed your media profile. Yeah, well, I think we touched on this a little bit last time, but if anything, that was that only proved more of a springboard... Um, our trip to the uh, picture house, Crouch End. Yes. um, That's quite like, there's been a lot of offers of sort of media partnerships and that sort of thing. Really? Yeah. How um, can they come straight to you and not to me? I think they just... I mean, I think that speaks for itself. Um, I listened to myself on another podcast. Did you? Yeah, I normally I just... I mean, people, these are only hardcore listeners now who right. left listening to this, so they want to know the experience. Normally I just go around David's house, who was the um, the normal host who's on paternity <laughs> leave for about three months, I'm um and just leave it. Yeah. I've had to listen back to myself quite a lot of to course. edit it. In the edit, yeah. Yeah, horrific. Do you think David's listening to this now? No. Regretting leaving and watching the ship sink oh, under just, your he's tutelage? He's forgo- forgotten about it. I was on another podcast, I listened back to that, and I generally sound like, like a mental person who was unable to sustain a thread of conversation for more than 30 seconds. Mm. It's a lot of pressure on me suddenly, isn't it? Yeah. Someone sent the book, someone to hold the ship steady ballast. Well, I'll do what I can, but yeah, anyway, since last time, just everything's taken off, um, and I think anyone I've gone to the cinema with since... Has sided with me about sitting in the middle and not right at the back. Who have you been on the cinema with? I actually haven't been to the cinema since it was just sort of continuing this bit much past its sell-by date. Do you think that people? Um, that's when you get older. You just you get set in your ways, don't you? So I don't. Yes. Do you think you become more conservative? Uh, yeah, I think you do, don't you? I just think it's it's quite cliched, but you just kind of go. Well, I've, you know, uh, spent quite a long time working for all this sort of thing, and I don't want any uh, young rascals uh, to give it up for all for all these little uh, Royster-Doysters. But um, I think, thankfully, that is balanced by us existing in a sort of creative community and living in a modern, cosmopolitan London. So we don't, you can't sort of disappear into the... Bl- if you, like, lived in rural Hampshire, I think it'd be quite easy to... G- Become very conservative. I can see why. I went back to the Isle of Wight and it's much nicer. Than <laughs> just people, a bit of it. old Clearhead's like people actually say hello to you. Well, sure, but that's the difference just between being in uh, a big city and being in a, in a small town, which I suppose the. Uh, it is managed though. Uh, a, a test is a Sainsbury's test, go around a supermarket. I went to Sainsbury's the other day with a trolley. Literally, people just barging in front of me I let, uh, not saying thank you or anything. Awful. Right. awful manners, mm. and I really felt that I justified it I, I can only cope with it by imagining shooting them okay I mean that's one step away from psychopath is it I don't know if it's even a step this has drifted quite quickly into something we touched upon last time which was you um, publicly executing people in the cinema oh no it, feel, it feels like all roads lead to your sort of horrific um, regime of public executions that is a very a uh, uh, what's what's the word a very subjective view of it. Well, that's what it sounds like to me. It's a very sort of dictatorial, larwood regime. But uh, I, I think I'm correct though. <laughs> well, that is you, that's what a dictator would think. Isn't I know, it? but I mean, you, you're talking about as if, as if I, <laughs> uh, as if my plans to kill people with bad manners is incorrect. Right, well, uh, you are siding with. You're actually pro bad manners. It sounds like, like I'm not pro bad manners. I'm just. Well, what are you going to gonna do? Well, you gonna do about it? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Let people roam around, jumping queues, dropping litter on the streets, gobbing, gobbing in the streets, gobbing. Uh, uh, well, you know, I think, um, I think, uh, I think we'll find the. We'll have to come to some sort of compromise, won't we? Across across the two sides of this, it's like a tiny parliament. I suppose that's what we're... that's what life is about, isn't it? Compromise. That's why nothing ever gets done isn't it because this is all it is. Just two old, fusty old white men arguing about youths gobbing in the street. Do you see yourself as middle-aged now? No, I don't, don't like to. I think it's a state How of mind, isn't it? 39. Yeah. Um, I do, on paper, but then in real life, I sort of see people... Again, I think it's reflective of where you are, what you do. I think by the nature of living in London... Being single, working in the arts, being creative—that keeps you quite young. Sounds like you're trying to justify that to yourself, mate. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. What's your point? I went to doctors today because um, I had an eye test. Yeah. First one in about well a couple of years, and she said I've got cholesterol around my eyes. So I said, "What does that what? mean?" I said, "I mean, sorry, it isn't about films yet, but it's, it's, it's a lot of a preamble." Preamble. Isn't it? And I said that. I said same thing. What? <laughs> I said, what does that mean? She said, well, you just have to go and see your doctor. I said, okay, but um, what does it mean? You just have to go and see your doctor. So I went to see the doctor and he said he couldn't see it, any. But then he said, we're offering health checks for people of your age. Oh, and I no. said, what do you mean? My, what You mean prime? Yeah. And he laughed. <laughs> Physical Pete. <laughs> he laughed. He laughed. And oh, he told no. me I need to lose half a stone. Oh. This is like um, the bit at the beginning of the Mark Maron podcast that everyone skips through just to get to the guest, isn't it? Okay, uh, Phil. We, um, I watched a documentary which I found so fascinating. I thought I would like to talk about it with uh, another comic, hence Simon being here. It's on Netflix. It's called Jim and Andy. Can you explain what this is about roughly? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, it's, I suppose it's not. It's almost like a found footage documentary. During the making of the Andy Kaufman biopic Man on the Moon um, Jim Are we going to say Carey or Carrie? I say Carrie, but is it Kerry? I think it might be Carey, yeah You say Carrie, I'll say Carrie And then um, we'll, someone will get a complaint It's called? yeah, okay, sure JC uh, the, big, the most famous JC after uh, John Cleese And Jesus Christ um, Yeah, Jesus Christ is more famous Than John Cleese? In what world? Jesus Christ it is. Have you seen Fierce Creatures? I actually haven't. The point is this Jimmy Carter. Uh, Jimmy Carr. Oh, yeah. Um, this okay, carry is, on, this carry is on. the whole podcast. Um, just note down the time when we started talking about it so people can skip to Jane me. Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So during the making of that film, Jim Carrey employed a documentary crew to film behind the scenes because he decided to take a very method approach to playing Andy Kaufman, or Kaufman. Again, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Andy Kaufman. It's Kaufman, isn't it? Um, So he decided to stay in character for the entire duration. Not even... I suppose it's more than in character, because he was playing a real person. He was almost like... He just embodied him and almost was pretending to be a human that had actually existed. There's an odd moment when he's just so the documentary is found footage as well as an interview with Jim Carrey narrating yeah. it to camera. And there's a moment where he said before preparing for the part, he was asking sort of the gods almost or where he was going to get the inspiration to to become. Andy Kaufman, and he saw this dolphin sort of... Uh, <laughs> he's a very spiritual man, isn't he? He's, a, he's very, like, L.A. and in touch with crystals. He, he's fascinating. He does, he does look... He's a classic post-breakdown person. He looks like a post-breakdown person. Yeah, he sort of... I think he looks good, but he's got a massive bushy beard, which says, you've gone off the reservation. There's a slight look in his a, a sort of distant look in his eyes, which I'm sure I'm not just imagining, which makes me think you've gone, yeah, either you're on the way back from going mental or you're somewhere out in the regions of the entertain. I think he's... I hope he's on the way back. I feel like maybe he's been on a voyage of discovery for a few years, because he talks quite candidly about it and and interestingly how his journey in film is almost reflective of his sort of star being in its ascendancy and then him losing it a little bit and all this sort of thing. Um, anyway, to finish the um, pricey of the film, that footage had been locked up for for it's 20, almost 20 years. Old, yeah, so I think film. the film uh, Man on the Moon, which I remember seeing, I think on Channel 4 after it came out, it was a, a bit of a flop by all accounts and um, I think one of the first flops of... Jim Carrey's career. right? Um, and it's... Uh, you probably... You know it. If you haven't seen it, you would have heard the REM soundtrack, Man on the Moon. So, yes, it came out in 1999. So... Okay. It was 18 years ago. And so that footage has been locked away. Now it's been released and Vice Documentaries basically filmed a talking head of Jim Carrey and inter, have interwoven it with all of the footage from the time. And other footage, interestingly, from... His career and other movies, which is which I found very interesting, like footage of him doing stand up and him when he was younger. That's really interesting to see. So, we should, maybe first of all, I think we should sort of we now have introduced that film. We yeah. should go back and talk about Man on the Moon first of all as a film, yeah. and then uh, logically Jim and Andy afterwards. So, uh, Man on the Moon is uh, we just, is a documentary we just spoke about. Jim Carrey uh, playing Andy Kaufman back in '99. Um, it's directed by... Uh, Milos Forman. Milos foreman uh, Who... His most famous film is... One Throw the Cuckoo's Nest, which is amazing. Amadeus, also uh, amazing film. Things like hair, he's done. Uh, but there, there is... People vs. Larry Flint. But I think... Um, so, Oscar-winning director. I mean, did you know much... I just... You're the same age as me... My parents were big fans of Taxi. I just missed Taxi, Same. which was the the huge f- sitcom when Andy Andy Kaufman played um, Latka. Lack, Lack, Latka. Also, it was famous having Danny DeVito in it and uh, Christopher um, Lloyd. Lloyd, who you would know as Doc in Back to the Future. So I, I missed I missed that. So this film, I mean, it's a fascinating film. Yeah, I think I probably came to it like you not... Being aware of Andy Kaufman as a human, but not really knowing much about him. And it is, an inc- it is incredible. And it seems, as far as I can tell, to be very true to life. Like, all the stuff in it happened. Because a- they just recreated actual footage, basically, for a lot of it, didn't they? Like, he seems like an extraordinary human... Yeah, just not on a completely different wavelength <clears throat> and having no, no fear and pursuing what he finds funny. I mean, what's odd watching it is that I was trying to work out whether it was that I didn't find Jim Carrey particularly funny and I've never been a huge fan of him or I didn't find Andy Kaufman funny. Right. And I think a lot of the stuff he was doing was so weird and so shocking and so anti-comedy that he never classified himself as a comedian. It was other people who classified Annie Crawford as a He said he was a singer and a sort of a song and dance man right. who like just doing things almost purely for his own amusement. So he's not someone who can't really be classified. Um, I would have thought that would have really struck a chord with you. I found no. I found it. I found his bravery and the fact he does things without. I think sometimes that sense of madness and not caring and doing things just purely for. And a weird adrenaline rush of mm. shocking people and making people feel uncomfortable, I could really uh, empathise with, yeah. and, and, and really understood that in terms of performing things. I found that fascinating. I think it, it was—he's a, 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 an intriguing character, and Jim Carrey is brilliant. In I think he should have—he didn't get an Oscar for it, did he? But he know. should have been nominated for an Oscar for yeah, it. Yeah, I think he's amazing, isn't it? Like, um, and what did you think of that What did you think of Man in the Moon? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I thought it was, a really, it was a really good film and a really great introduction to Andy Kaufman. If you're, not, if you're not aware of him, I think it told his story, as far as I could tell, in a very interesting, digestible way. And, I, and it kind of made me want to know more about him and learn more about what he did and all that kind of thing also kind of how he started because i feel like the beginning part is quite quick like suddenly he gets spotted and he's on taxi i i think that's the bit that would be i agree i mean uh, when we worked in this industry it yeah. takes years. years of just toiling but then maybe not who knows um but it, yeah it like he's an incredible figure and one of those people that you kind of look at and go well i could never do that you know that's not I I'm, think I'm more the sort of Jim Carrey approach of I want to please people, <laughs> like, uh, whereas he's just like I find this funny, and he had a cohort as well, didn't he? His co writer so they were kind of like a little, yeah. little scheming team, and they were like, "This'll be really, this'll be funny." We find this funny, but but the fearlessness as well is just something that I think, um, perhaps perhaps as you do, as you get older, you get a little bit more fearless. But I think you know from an early age he was just he just was like this is what I'm doing get on board or or don't because it's still happening he was he wasn't compromising his integrity which is is admirable isn't it but you know for every Andy Kaufman there's thousands of other weird idiots doing something that they think is funny to nobody forever and what's interesting on this British comedy circuit I mean, it's not and what I think is sad about it when I started gigging about 2000 same time as you 2002 2003 Were well, you a bit later on I suppose when there were these people there, there was a man who had the t-shirt on which had pig fucker written on it and holes cut on his nipples and used to shout about fucking pigs that wasn't you and it wasn't me oh. it was Phil Zimmerman you know who did oh, the pigeon yeah. man who tended to be a going about pitches he's bounced back recently he's Wasn't in he films on, now was he on Britain's Got Talent or something I don't know but he's in quite a lot of, he's now sort of the ugly weird guy right. in a lot of films because he looks so strange but you could have easily one of those could easily have just turned it around and been I mean, Phil was him especially at that time he's someone you could go right he could be the weird bloke in this and could have gone on to Hollywood fame because it looks so distinct and so odd yeah he remind uh, there was it made me think of um, my friend Luke McQueen. Do you, you know Luke? He's right? very funny, yeah. Who is sort of a quite fearless. Uh, I don't know what he's a comedian, but it's quite it's perform- quite performancy and not to do him a disservice. I think he's amazing and he's very funny and he's not quite as obtuse as like Kaufman. Like he wants to make people laugh, but he is he does do weird things, and I really enjoy them, but. um... Sometimes you know he does weird things in public, not on not on stage. Okay, (laughs) and you're just like, "Wow, you just you are just fearless." And I think you know, I envy that sometimes. I think it's it's great. Yeah, I think some sort of it it is a madness, to a degree. I think perhaps. Yeah, but what's great about uh, Kaufman is, I think he suddenly reinvents himself, that going from the peak of. Taxi, taxi and being a sitcom star, and then decided <laughs> deciding to only wrestle women. I mean, and that you could say that he helped form what wrestling is today—the the, the spectacle of it. Well, I, I don't know the history of wrestling. I'm not yeah, a big wrestling yeah. fan, but it seemed to be that he was a, quite a big pioneer in that the huge sort of drama and spectacle of it. I think he definitely played. If it wasn't, if it didn't already pre-exist, which I suspect it mu- it must have done, but he certainly um played into it and brought it into the public forum like by going on letterman with the wrestler guy and and that kind of thing um yeah i mean that's it it's hilarious and i don't is it like i I can't tell if it's like feminism or the opposite of feminism yes it could be it could be both yeah. it could easily be both and that's what's so great about it you don't really know what's going on and also as well as playing Andy what I found most intriguing was this sort of spin-off character called Tony Clifton yeah. who's a lounge singer that Andy Kaufman and his um, friend the writer called um, uh, uh, it Bud Friedman I can't remember his name is his friend the writer take turns playing this character who's a really obnoxious Awful lou- lounging, it was really funny, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, I mean, the, the documentaries. I think it... Um, <clears throat> what lacks in it. The documentary or the. Sorry, the, the film, film, Man on the Moon. The film. And also the b- b- documentary as well, but you almost want to know if there was anything behind the exterior of, and anything deeper, if it, him being a not a normal person there were a few sort of winks at it with his girlfriend played by Courtney Love Yeah, and that he might have been uh, sincere and normal yes yeah. but it, but it does coming, never really mentioned it mainly focuses on his sort of public facing persona doesn't it and you kind of get those you get glimpses into the behind the scenes of like a tiny bit of him being a kid and then you know moments with his manager or like on set or with his girlfriend played by Corney Love. But I suppose you never get you never really know what he's like as a human. But then I suppose did anyone really know? Maybe that's the Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. But I gave Man of the Moon seven marries. Okay. How many is it out of? Ten. Oh, okay. Should you give it I I'd maybe uh I'd give it an eight actually I think. Yeah. That's four stars, isn't it, if you... <laughs> yeah, maybe it's between seven and eight. Yeah. So moving on to... Uh, we Recommended. Finished, we finished talking about... I think what's more interesting is what happens next with Jim and Andy. Yeah, I definitely think... I would definitely highly recommend seeing it if you don't... E- even if you're not a Jim Carrey fan and if you know nothing about Andy Kaufman, I think it's not what you would expect from a Jim Carrey movie if you have that Yeah. sort of... Um It's more the sort of mid section of Jim Carrey, so Serious Jim Carrey. The Truman show, Eternal Sunshine and this Mind Jim Carrey. Yes. Than the Ace Ventura Mask Jim Carrey. Yes. All those films came out in the same year. What did? Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. Can you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine? Well it's hope, isn't it? We could have an amazing year next year. Like suddenly we just blast out three films and become and huge stars. Yeah. Have you still got that check for um ten million pounds paid to yourself in your wallet? Oh, that's what he did. Didn't he no, yeah. I didn't. I've, I've no one uses checkbooks anymore. Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? I don't know how you would do that now. Well, I've still got a checkbook. I've got a PayPal set up for ten million. To, <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah. Just come put as 10 soon million. as I, as soon as I put my thumb ID on my iPhone that. And bear in mind, they will take something like 3% because of the cost of that you actually. Your, if you do do that, you will lose £30,000. <laughs> <laughs> but I will have... They um, they give you a little delay now, don't they? So i probably have three weeks to muster up the 10 mil, so... OK, but you would lose £30,000. Yeah, still use thirty grand, which which some people might call um, an annual income. Yeah. Um, oh, well, quite a good annual income. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um... Yeah, so just watch Man on the Moon. It's on iPlayer, that's what we should say. It was on iPlayer, for, I think it's for about 12 days left. So if you listen to this, maybe about 10 days left on iPlayer to watch it. And I think it's really good to watch that as a precursor to Jim and Andy, because you can know exactly what's going on. But if you've seen it before, you don't need to, you'll probably be able to remember it. But I think a great companion piece. I did the work. I watched both of them, so yeah, I'd, I'd like... Too, Listeners, if you're invested in this podcast, you call yourself a real listener. You'll watch both of them, and you'll do it right now. You'll drop whatever you've got in your hands. It's a baby or a Gla- loads of glass a catheter. I, why, why would that be in the hands? I don't know maybe we're about to conduct maybe fitting it. You're fitting in your catheter. And yeah. We've all been there. Drop it. Drop it and earn an urn. an, uh, an urn. Or and urn. Urn. A bloke like an on the float called urn. A, a guy's carrying his Uncle Urn. Yeah. Okay. Up the stairs. But his Uncle Urn is um, dead and has been cremated? No, he is very fair. He's got brittle bone disease. Ah, okay. Drop him. Drop him down the stairs and get iPlayer on whatever device you like. You can get it on your phone, you can get it on your laptop, you can get it on any number of set-top boxes. Other TV catch-up services are available. We're going to get some voiceover work off this mate I'd really like to actually do you already do voiceover work do I do you? do voiceover work yeah. I don't do any listeners would be surprised to hear that <laughs> <laughs> anyway Jim and Andy then yeah um, it's G. it is it is an absolutely incredible film to have to go f- basically full full in character and act like you're Andy Kaufman in front of an Oscar winning director and a full cast and carry on acting off stage. And what the bits I love the most about it, where, which is are oh, its biggest it's failings, I think, is when, um, and this is fascinating, so they're filming, but the actual actors from the original Taxi are filming scenes for Man and the Moon. So they're all doing it, you know, 15 years afterwards. Playing right? themselves. Playing themselves. Yeah. And Jim Carrey is doing the impression of Andy Kaufman, but offset. And all the actors, you can tell they're freaked out. <laughs> Dane DeVito, who is in... He was in Taxi, in taxi as well, but he's not in he's, the... He's, he's not in this. He's playing... <laughs> I mean, it's very complicated. Yeah. He's playing... Um, George Andy Shapiro, Shopping, the, the agent. The manager. Yeah. And he says to Cameron, it's exact... They're all almost... Um, well, it's George in shock that he's behaving exactly like Andy. It must be so weird... For them, replaying, I like so many levels. It's like, is it like yeah. Inception. It, it, it is what we're talking about. It may sound complicated, but is is the inception of documentaries. You feel like you're going mad. It's an actor playing someone in the part that you were doing fifteen years ago, reliving it, and he's acting exactly the same as the person. Yeah. Uh, what, and uh, I just wish I think someone's written a letter in which uh, about this. I'm going to talk about later on that they'd have more. It wasn't just Jim Carrey. They, yes, I would have liked to absolutely have heard from like Danny DeVito and um, Paul Giamatti and like the people around him in the film. I would have loved to hear what they think now. Yes, because you only have little tiny bits of them. It's really odd seeing Paul Giamatti look really young. Yeah. Um, and you see them, they, they are saying it's, they've never seen anything like it. It is amazing. Yeah. That, and this is at the time, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas I, I would quite like to see them reflecting on it now and kind of being like, do you know what? It was an absolute nightmare for three months, but it's it made the film so much better and what it is. Because it feels that Jim and Andy has got more stories than just Jim Carrey's story. Yeah. That has got the surrounding cast and what they thought of it and how they cope with it. Because it, it is fascinating being a complete method actor, but the reaction to it is just as fascinating from proper hollywood actors. yeah 100% and i think what's what's like i said before so interesting is that uh, you know a method actor is like okay what's the backstory of this character let me i'm going to get into the mind of a f- usually fictional character but he's playing a real person yeah and he meets like Andy's sister and his dad that, and stuff. That is the weirdest in, thing. And he does it in character. And it's... I, I found that very uncomfortable. That was... I think that was the moment where... Because you're like, have you crossed the line now? This is... Well, definitely. How... It's... it's Their son died of cancer and you're... Sort of embodied... You're pretending to be him. And it was his his son, he he, he hadn't met... Came, or daughter or something, came to meet him. Oh, yeah. And there were bits that they talked about which weren't filmed. So... But Jim Carrey's hugging Andy <clears throat> Kaufman's dad as his son would hug his dad. Yeah. Dressed as him, like, made up as him. So weird. So, so weird. It's extraordinary, isn't it? And you just kind of think, what? what how did he get to that point where he was just like, apart from the dolphins, like he said... <laughs> that, that would be the point where you'd think, you know what, even the most method of actors would say, right, I... I'm struggling to play someone to have the, the confidence unless you're unless you're meant mad she must have been mad you would have to go do you know I'm not going to have a conversation as if I'm your dead son because that that's would... probably the line that's where I draw the I'm, line I mean I'm, I think it's way over way past way past the line <laughs> Yeah, it is extraordinary. It's the equivalent of literally going, to, you know, to someone who's, you know who's died and ten years later, dressing up as their son and going, "Well, oh, 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 I'm back. <laughs> Happy anniversary!" <laughs> and they won't me ten years worth of Christmas presents. Uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's commitment, and then there's that's the sort of that's like committed to an institution level of commitment. That's, I mean. I, th- I th- it's still got. It's still got. It's amazing what can what artists can get away with. Yeah, because any other workplace, <laughs> you'd have. To, he was. Uh, there's a scene yeah. where he was uh, Andy Kaufman basically got into a fake argument with a pro wrestler, and he comes back. And what's great is they're all playing themselves. So yeah, uh, and then uh, Jim Carrey's throwing chairs at him, yeah. really riling him up. So he gets injured in the same way so, I know mean, it's a bit of spoilers it, in the same way it's, as Andy Kaufman that is it's astounding it's just, like that. it's just literally whether it was an intentional it, th- it's the most Kaufman-esque it's, it's Kaufman Inception again perfect yeah, yeah. it's it's odd well, I think there's nothing you really have that experience of film eating itself and it really feels as though Andy Kaufman he is making his spirit alive and that's quite interesting the point is whether oh right what is its is he immortalising Andy Kaufman by yeah. by literally replicating his spirit in the making of the film, which is, in a way, genius and the best? It's reputation. like the ultimate tribute to him. You kind of think, well, if if he was alive and if he was watching it, would he would Kaufman go? Fair play, actually. Yeah, yeah. You've done a have you really uh, approached that in the spirit. Well, they claim that, that he's alive, isn't there? Yes, in Hitler's bunker with Elvis. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Buddy holly! Right, in the in the mountain, just sort of, there's a little door on the mountain. And the plane just went in there. Yeah, and they're all just hanging out in a Bond Lair. What, in terms of Jim Carrey though, <coughs> I came because Universal Studios. I can't remember who the studio was. They tried to suppress this um, footage, thinking that it would uh, everyone would think Jim Carrey was an asshole in his prime. Fair play as well, you know. I think that was probably the right decision. I don't know if it was. Because I think it would have been. I watched this this documentary and thought, why was this not released before? Right. Because this would have made a film, which was a flop for them. They lost millions. Right. It would have got them far more publicity. But you could you could imagine how like a PR team would be very worried. They'd be like, "He'll, you know, you'll never work in this town again. People think you're an absolute wild card. You can't be trusted." Blah blah blah. In, but then he has made a lot of very successful films that have made them a lot of money. So you you figure it would balance itself out. Did you come away from it <clears throat> thinking, that, uh, thinking more or less of Jim Carrey? Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because I was kind of... I was There was a part of me that's like, I think that's the difference between a comedian and an actor. Is that an actor go would really go that far into a character in a way that maybe a comedian wouldn't. But then he is ostensibly a comedian, so I guess I, I guess it's possible maybe to be both. I don't know what my point was there. I was thinking a lot of the people around him and how I would react if I was that person, and if I... I think I would just get really fed up with it. After three months, you would do, you get really pissed off. You'd just go, man, you'd just be like, be like... Oh, I'm doing a film with uh, Jim Carrey. It's going to be great. I think he's hilarious. I'm a big fan of his work. And then you're just like... What's that? I haven't really spoken to him in the entire time we've made the film. Okay, it's also a bit selfish as well. I worked on something where someone, one member of this cast, was late by an hour every day and and, and (laughs) literally left me and someone else in a car while I went shopping. (laughs) So, and over the course of about three or four weeks, you think, Well, we all literally wasting all this time me have to get out of bed an hour early, and then you go on set and then you're um, pissed off yeah, because you think, oh, I've got to put with this. So you're trying to work on doing your job, and you think, oh, this is, to, this is going to affect my career, which is what the tax people probably thought. Do you know what? This is going to mess up my... I'm just an actor doing my job. That's the, That's it, isn't it? It's that very difficult line between well he's an artist doing a really great art thing and then you're like yeah but there are ripples in that pond and there are hundreds of people involved in making a movie yeah and for every you know 20 minutes he's late because he's pricking about outside you know there's all the the money that will be spent like all these sort of unionized cameramen that can't stay any later or like overtime is it's, uh, it's such a pragmatic and grown-up way of looking at it. If we were both 25, we'd probably just be like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's so incredible. Yeah, brilliant. But possibly there's a runner. I think of the poor runner. The poor sort of <laughs> 21-year-old, 22-year-old. So, well, your job is going to look after Jim Carrey in this film. And they think, brilliant, love him. <laughs> All righty, then. Now they've got to look after someone acting genuinely mental. Walking around with a bag on their head, all sort. Yeah. It's. But anyway, I I can't. I think as a, as a documentary, it's one of the m- most fast. And as a perf- do performer, as a performer, yeah, it's fascinating seeing behind the scenes. And I wish I could see more of it. I wanted to go into more detail, if anything. Yeah. And there's some absolutely incredible, incredible moments of footage. Yeah, I mean, it's like. Laugh-out-loud funny in parts. Yeah. And also super cringe worthy. Like, it's er- it's everything you want from a feature film. S- slash documentary. Yeah. Same. And good to watch. And if you want to have a chat about a film, it's very good to chat about as, as, uh, we as we may or may not have proved. <laughs> as, yeah, as hopefully we've ably demonstrated during this, what some people are calling, podcast. Yeah. Well, um that is... That's about enough on that, isn't it, Is that it? We're done. We're wrapped up. Do what? you have to give it marks? I'll give it eight, Marek, Jim and Andy. Eight away, close to nine. Ooh. It was just lacking, I just, like we said before, that extra detail. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. And um, as a companion piece to Man on the Moon, I think it's good. Maybe don't necessarily watch them both in the same day, because, you know, they, they do cover the same ground. Yes. But certainly in the same week. Um, find out when it's off iPlayer drop and down the stairs watch it and then Jim and Andy will be on Netflix for ages because it's a Netflix original Yeah, 8 Simons well high marks indeed let's go straight to the letter section The reason I rushed out is because this letter is from Henry King subject man and the moon so it was a oh, continuation great. Of it. Okay. hello America Our mystery guest is you mystery Simon hello uh, the big reveal is it's Simon Fielder brackets again question mark uh, this is from Henry King stupidly I rewatched the movie when it was on BBC and then watched the Netflix documentary definitely the wrong way round do you think I, d- I... that's interesting that's the way I, del- I deliberately watched them the the movie first. I watched Jim and Andy and then watched Man on the Moon. Oh. And I think it would be better to do Man on the Moon than Jim and Andy. Yeah. That's... Mm, intriguing, isn't it? Because in my head I thought, well, I want to see... I want the context first. Yes. And then... It's like, I would then I'll watch the DVD extras where we go behind the scenes. But maybe and, if you watch the film knowing the whole time you you watch it in a different way we did add to it but it is a bit like watching I think you're very right it is like watching the same thing again yeah with DVD commentary anyway here here we go um, Henry back to Henry King I've always enjoyed the movie but I don't think I really got it as a teenager as Kaufman wasn't a massive deal in the UK the documentary had added a lot to my appreciation of that film it was amazing to see someone go through so, so much and give so much to a role I mean it would have been absolutely unbearable to work with on a set <laughs> His actions really hint at some deep psychological issues. For about the first half, I kept on thinking, what a dick. He's totally ruined my childhood, childhood hero. But by the end, I kind of warmed to Jim's total and utter commitment. Obviously, disregard any supernatural bullshit that it was in. <laughs> yeah, I think we're fully I'm, on the same page. I am right? on the same page. <laughs> Even the cast seemed to accept it as well. I guess they had no choice. One criticism is that I really wish they'd got to talk... We talked about this as well, but I agree with him. They'd got some of the cast and crew on on to talk after the fact more. Yeah. I honestly think that Jim Carrey is really underrated. He's definitely an odd soul and makes shocking choices like insisting they generally chipped his tooth to play Lloyd in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> on Dumb and Dumber, please review it one day. I really think it holds up as a modern comedy classic. The two subsequent films are shit, but oh my God, that first one, dominated My Childhood... There are bits in it where you can see Jim is a really good actor, as well as a physical comedian. Keep watching the films, Henry, and massive congratulations to David, Danielle, Buddy and Baby. David's Baby. It's come out, hasn't it? It's come out. I it's saw a called, picture of it. It's called Lillian. Lillian. It's a nice name. No? Lovely stuff. Great letter, that, actually, which, if anything, was a great letter, kind yes. of... Um, Almost like York notes for our rambling conversation. Oh, I mean, he basically... A synopsis. Yeah. Just skip forward to 20 or minutes and then... Um... Thanks. Who was it from? Matt King. Oh, I just invented that name. <coughs> um, Henry King. Henry King. Um, I think we're we're agreed on all of the above. Um, here's a letter from Louis Jilton. Would you like to read it? I'd love to read it. Thank you. <clears throat> Hi, American guest. Simon, Simon Fielder. Simon Fielder. Brackets. Seriously. Question mark. Glad you're keeping going with the podcast despite David's departure. Two film recommendations for you. Brawl in Cellblock 99. The second, brackets, horrifyingly violent film from the director of Bone Tomahawk is a real treat. Hardly got a cinema release at all, but it's on demand somewhere or other. Secondly, there's a good film called Happy Christmas on Netflix with Anna Kendrick. And I don't feel at home in this world anymore's Melanie Linsky. It's very low stakes human drama, shoestring budget filmmaking, brackets mumblecore is the term sometimes used. The reviews were pretty tepid, but I'd heartily recommend it. Keep watching the films, Lewis. You said Lewis, I said Louis. I wonder what it is. I can't remember, I might have read it. I um, might I've well heard... have read that letter out last week, but it's always good. I've heard very good things about uh, Brawl and Cellbook 99 with Vince Vaughan, haven't has it bypassed cinemas? Um, I think so. Yes. Oh, that's frustrating because I feel like it would be um, a good movie to watch on the big screen. But I'm going to seek it out and try and watch it. Um, the second one, I've not, I've not heard of at all. The Anna Kendrick. No, one. I'm not a fan of Anna Kendrick. Are you not? You know, some people just enjoy you uh, enjoy you. No, no one enjoys me. Uh, annoy you for no reason. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I I probably do that to a lot of people. Yeah, I don't really have that. When people go, I can't watch that actor. I'm like, I don't understand. Only her. a couple, but Anna Kendrick is one of my. I don't know what it is. She seems like a really good egg to me. Like I'd like to be friends with her. She well, seems like fun. I'm like never a nice girl. be friends with her now if this goes out. If this goes out, mate, you want to go absolutely... to Hollywood and I'm going to film with Anna Kendrick think, Oh, you don't listen to film for Dagger episode 318 of it. Is. What if one of the three multi-million-dollar hits that we're in that come out next year co-stars Anna Kendrick and she hears this? You'll have to go full method, play a nice person. Well, I have to say this whole film fund angle five years was an act. Me being a moody artist. Imagine. Yeah. Oh God. Um, so, what was the name of that film, please, so I can remember it and watch it? Let me uh, locate it. Thank you. Access computer. Film called Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Okay. Um, Seems like a perfect time of year to watch that. Yeah, one. very good, very good. There's another Christmas ear. film um, with Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Is it called The Night Before Christmas or The Night After? Oh, it sounds like the a... Morning Before, The Day After, Two Hours Previous, Twenty Eight Days. Like it's, I don't know. Oh. It's supposed to be alright. It's on uh, Netflix. It sounds like a bloody advert for Netflix, isn't it, mate? Yeah. And they've put the price up, so what? anything, we should get the discount. is 5 99 I think it's 7 99 now. Or oh, £6.99. Shit. I didn't even know there were tears. Do you know there's tears for Netflix? There's always tears for Netflix in my house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> time it takes to choose a movie. There go through Netflix, spend half the time, spend all the time looking for the menu. Um, Live at the Apollo, <laughs> this week, Merrick Lawwood. <laughs> walking up and down the stage. Um... Um, there's a there's a real, there's a low tier that's four ninety nine yeah. or five ninety nine where you don't get HD. Who's who's doing that? Who? I, I'm doing the five ninety nine one, which is I think it's HD, but it's only one one screen. Yeah, that's gone up. Shit, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, here's our last letter. That's how well the uh, new format for the podcast is doing. We'd run out of letters. Crikey. Right, do write in, um, guys, if you've got anything to add. How do they write in, Simon? Uh, probably an email or a letter to um, Film Fandango, P.O. Box. No, oh. it's go to filmfandango.com, click on contact and write in your letters. We'll be really pleased to hear them. Or email DFMfandango.com. Remember, we love hearing from you. We think you are nice. And if you enjoy this podcast and want to donate to help funding of cinema tickets... And the... Inflated price of Netflix. Inflated price of Netflix. Most cinemas... Gets back to recover, back to, that's how upset I am. I can't speak properly. <laughs> Matinee performances. Like 11 quid. Woo! Anyway, here's one. Yeah, then you can donate. And if you have donated it, thank you very much. It's really helping me. You really should it. get Picture House Cinemas to sponsor this podcast. They wouldn't be interested, mate. That's, do you know... Anyone who works for Picture House, do you work for Picture House? Why not uh, get in touch via the website or the email and um, perhaps offer Marek plus guest a uh, pass to see films at Picture House for oh, free? Yeah, that'd be good, yeah. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, what's that weird sound outside? I think there might be Dustman outside your house or a delivery lorry. Oh, it's Dustman come on Tuesday. Of <laughs> course. You are, you are middle aged. Right. Uh, I put the bins out at 6.42 <laughs> um, as soon as it gets dark The Ticket Desk by Ray Blake what? it's a letter oh but rather than saying from I said by lovely actually yeah, yeah. American and Chum when I was a lad, cinemas. This is what I like: someone, an older person, looking back and hopefully angry about something. <laughs> the real, de- the demographic of the podcast has really skewed old. I think You're good. Since, since David's gone, good. Get rid of all that young lot, American Chunk. When I was a lad, cinemas always had a ticket desk, which was just that—a desk where you could buy tickets. If you had more money than sench, you could then go to a separate counter and buy one of those boxes of fruit pastels that were unique to cinemas, or some watery pop. Now, you are queue at a combined counter where your transaction is held up by the people in the front trying to make up their mind on the nachos versus hot dog question or waiting for their coffee to be ethically sourced, roasted and ground before you can get the ticket for the film and now started five minutes ago. I'm sure that maximises food and drink sales in the cinema, but for those of us who just want to buy a cinema ticket and get on, the the current system is a nightmare. Am I old and grumpy? No, Ray Blake. You are 100% right. I hate that one some dickhead's buy. who buys hot dogs to go into the cinema I don't know I saw where that was headed quite early on that, yeah that as lesson. soon as you go uh, they buy a hot dog you should go that, that should be the execution thing <laughs> you go oh well, screen number 13 sir and, and when then they go, go in the door there's no screen no just it's just, a, just a pile of previous hot dog purchases it's just you walk it goes dark and there's just a spiked pit you just fall straight yeah the mouth from Return of the Jedi the Star Wars the Salak pit yeah, perfect. Screen 13. Lovely stuff. Uh yeah, I do think And it, their bodies are used as meat in the hot dog. <laughs> so do you get to eat the hot dog before you fall in the pit? Well it's up to you how much you eat. Fair play. Um I do think that is annoying when you queue up and someone's buying, you know, their family's worth of popcorn. But what I will say is that's when those credit card ticket machines come into their own. Bosh, done. You don't have to worry about all the people spending thousands of pounds. But a lot of, of times they don't work. I find if, like, if you've got a member of the Pitch House, especially, he's lagging them off. I try and use their one when I sometimes I go in the morning and it's half-term or something. It so says, shit, those twatty kids about. I, I think I'll use a ticket machine, but they never work properly. Do you work for Picture House or know somebody who works for Picture House? Get in touch and save Marek and his guests having to queue up Every time they visit, what? Um, well, well um, so we've talked quite a lot, have we? Yeah, we have talked quite a lot. Um, just uh, to finish up on, I've abandoned the quiz section. Okay, I think it was a lot of fun last time, but you know, it's a, it's hard work, isn't it? I asked listeners if they if they liked it. Oh, one man. person said they liked it. Yeah, and that was a, a friend who listened to the podcast. No one else replied, oh. so it's gone unless you request it. Um, we talked about. If you want to know what Simon's IMDb score is and his top films, we talked about it two weeks ago. It was bad, wasn't it? It hasn't My got father, better yeah. since. Yeah. Um, any film recommendations to finish up on? Ooh, what have I watched since last time? Oh, watch Train to Busan. It's very good, isn't it? I think it? I messaged you about that. Um, a Korean uh, zombie thriller. I thought it was excellent. Korea makes some great movies. I know that seems like a ridiculously sweeping statement, but they... Um, whereas maybe i think in my head i have sort of um rose tinted specs for the sort of 90s hong kong movies which were a little bit rough around the edges and nowadays they're not but korea churns out hollywood quality um trade blue is a great idea yeah it's a great idea and um, really well executed um with the absolutely textbook um korean bleakness that That if you've watched um, a bunch of sort of Korean drama thrillers, you will come to expect. Highly recommended. One of the one of just a great zombie film and a great film, and it's on Amazon Prime, I believe. I bought it off some. uh, When I watched it, yeah. Um, And I'd like to recommend my friend Paul Allen, who was on the guest last week. Uh, I watched The Puffy Chair, which is, we talked, we talked about Mumblecore before, this was a, a Mumblecore film, a low budget film, and I, I want to make a low budget film soon, so I thought I'd watch a couple of these, and it's basically, they filmed it, um, It's <laughs> a bloke and his girlfriend and his brother, go to pick up a chair they bought, which was a bit like their old dad's favourite chair, but the characters and the performances are so brilliant, and it's so funny, and it's just shot half the camera's out of focus a lot of the time. It's literally someone, a bit like a home video, it's really low budget, but the sound is a good quality, that's the key thing. That's how you differentiate. And isn't it? it's fascinating, so by the Duplass brothers, who've gone on to be star in things like The League, um, I think he, uh, Mark Duplass married the, married the lady in it. Um, oh, sorry, I'm, I can't remember, I'll look up her name, I think it's Kate something, Kate uh, Azelton, and his brother f- filmed it. They basically borrowed fifteen grand from their parents. Whoa. Because they tried to make films before and not got anywhere. So Was it their first feature? They made two shorts and they got they got into Sundance but really low budget, really shudderly film shorts. They borrowed fifteen grand from their parents and they made this film and shot it in about s five or six days. And the camera work is not you know, it's just quite a bit sort of um Low budget, like what's it called, the Blair Witch Project? Not all that, but that's sort quality Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. <clears throat> I watched another one of their films. Did they do Drinking Buddies? Can you can you um, check that for me? Because I can't remember if that's them or some others, um, some other Mumblecore folks. I'm just looking it up now. I cannot. Um... That was a, that, that was maybe some other people that also did that movie recently with the guy from New Girl. Called, oh, it was about he was, he was played a gambler, it was a Netflix film, which was very enjoyable. Oh no, I'm never gonna work it out now. Oh. People are shouting. Well, the interesting, the plus, is another film called Manson Family Vocation, which is a bit similar, but it just felt a bit similar with a loser brother and his, and his, oh, uh, 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 similar characters, but a really polished film with the other brother acting in it. and. I was watching it with my friend Paul and it felt terrible because it was too. It was too Too polished. Yeah. Right. It was shot properly, all the lighting was properly, and I wasn't engaged in it at all. Very odd. That is interesting. Joe Swanberg. Joe Swanberg is the director. Oh, well, this is interesting um, because he is the director of Happy Christmas, the Anna Kendrick film that was just mentioned in that letter from one of your listeners. Um, he directed Drinking Buddies, which I enjoyed. Um, so I imagine I will enjoy Happy Christmas. He also directed the film Win It All, which is on Netflix, which is very enjoyable, and uh, stars the guy from New Girl, whose name is Jake Johnson. Well, there's quite a nice um, sort of symmetry to that, isn't it? That's all this come around like full circle. It's a very odd episode. Everything, everything's related to this episode. Oh, goodness. I, I don't go and shoot someone in the cinema. In what way? Oh, I get a shot, I've been talking about that, haven't I? Yeah. My, well, uh, yeah. it, it all feels quite scattershot, but it's oddly come together at the end like a Harold in improv. How enjoyable! A Harold. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please write in, please keep listening. Why not rate us on iTunes? That's what other podcasts do, they say this stuff. Why not rate us on iTunes or write a review? Someone's written a nice review, but they've, uh, uh, I don't know why, but they've given us one star. What? Yeah, but it's a nice review. Oh, is that like a joke or they've just clicked it wrong and they can't change it? No, who knows? I mean, maybe we'll never never know. Well, you're going to need to balance that out by getting a lot more five-star reviews. So if you have enjoyed the podcast and continue to enjoy it, just do that. Or follow us on Facebook or on Twitter or follow... Oh, Simon Fielder at Simon Fielder. Visit simonfielder.com Subscribe to Simon Fielder's YouTube channel. Go around to Simon Fielder's house. Watch Simon... Optional. Watch Simon Fielder Fielder leave at work. Mm. Go ran the back of his house throw a stone through the window no don't do break that. into Simon uh, put on some piss on Simon gloves. skip that one set fire <laughs> do all those things alright well, thanks <laughs> thanks for listening keep, keep watching, watching the films. films planning for your next trip?